This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we will help you learn to invest in 15 to 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, again, joined in the same room by my equity buddy, Alec <laughs> Renahan. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very excited for this episode. Same. Yeah, Truths will be revealed. Yeah, we're going to pull back the curtain and examine Whoa. each other's portfolio. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm not sure if I'll be revealing everything about my portfolio. <laughs> I might to. be doing a, a, a dummy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm backing you to have 100% cash. <laughs> very close to it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I want to do this. So let's go back to the beginning, Ren. Last episode, we spoke about portfolio construction. Yes. What it is, what's a portfolio to begin with, um, and then three key things that we considered important when uh, constructing a portfolio. So let's quickly recap. Yeah. Your portfolio is all of your investments or where, where you've allocated your wealth. So whether that's the house you own, the shares that you own, the bonds, the term deposit that you've put some money away into, all of that put together is your portfolio. Yeah, not just stocks. Not just stocks. Yes. And so the question that you need to ask as an investor is, beyond just the stock market, how have I constructed my whole portfolio? Uh, And then coming from that, what are the risks and what are the opportunities that have come out of that? And will it be getting me towards whatever my goal is? Yeah. There's no point just treading water, putting money into this, money into that, hoping for the best because you're A, wasting time, B, probably wasting a lot of money, and C, uh, probably not learning as much as you could be along the way. And you might be picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haven't heard that saying before? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Talk me through it. <laughs> uh, so, as I said in the last episode, um, I'm rereading Black Swan. And rereading? Yeah, yeah, Interesting. yeah. And that's... um. That's a phrase that he uses where he talks about investors who don't understand um, the the sort of the the nature of a black swan and uh, what these catastrophic events can do. Yeah. So they're just mindlessly picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. Really? They're getting slammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Don't be. So we need to avoid that. 
But also read the book. It's really good. Yeah, I should read it. All right. So I guess to avoid be picking up pennies in front of a steamroller, <laughs> what were the briefly what were the three things that we considered important when constructing a portfolio? So the first one is have a goal. Yep. Know why you're investing and what you're investing for. Yep. That's important because that will set your time horizon. And then the next two things, uh, which are your level of risk. Yes. So you know, obviously, if your your goal in investing is because you're about to retire your level of risk is going to be far lower than someone our age who wants to build long-term wealth. Yeah. And then the third thing that flows from both your goals and then you, the level of risk that's acceptable is your asset allocation. Yeah. So that's the nuts and bolts of how you construct a portfolio and where you allocate money um, to achieve the goal, I guess. Absolutely. So let's discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so we both generally sp- spoke about our goals in the last episode yeah well let's recap because yep. some people might not have listened to the last one although, yep. although everyone should <laughs> yes definitely go back and listen because i feel like you need to have listened to what we were talking about prior to this episode to really get the most out of this one yeah so ren what's your long-term goal so my goal is to have the financial freedom to be able to make the life decisions that i want and so what i mean by that is I don't want to be stuck in a job just because I need the income. Yep. I want enough uh, money stored away and enough um, income coming from those investments that if I want to quit my job or do whatever, go back and do my study, I have the flexibility to do that. Not a bad goal. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. good. Pretty motivating goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's why I do it. <laughs> that's... That's why I'm not spending all the money that I'm earning at the moment. And do you generally have a thought at what age you would hope that to be the case? Well, I mean, tomorrow would be nice. <laughs> yes. But realistically, I think, you know, we always talk about long-term investing and I would say it's, you know, 10, 15 years down the track mm-hmm. that I would be in that position. Yeah. Especially as we go, get older and start earning more money, like the pace at which we'll be able to achieve the goal will accelerate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And Not bad. Yeah, you know, if it's something that in five years I want to do more study, I'll be in a better position to do that. Um, but the way the way that I'm thinking is sort of around when I'm 40, I'd love to just be able to retire mm-hmm. and just do things that interest me. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a question for that that we'll come back to. Um, I guess my goal is a bit more specific than that. Yes, I agree with you. That's the ultimate goal for me as well. But I'm thinking a bit shorter term. You know, yes, I want long-term growth. um, And I also want to have a portfolio that's generating income income compound effect at this age and that I can use later on in life. Uh, But I also want to develop a portfolio in the shorter term that it's defensive, not only in, in, you know, the, the point of view of protecting my capital, but defensive in the fact that it's going to make me money when the stock market decides to turn because we all know it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. So you keep saying. <laughs> and then in terms of products, I had to think about it. I want to be able to consistently invest uh, a recurring amount so that I can take advantage of dollar cost averaging, which I um, think is a very important aspect of investing uh, and do that at a very low cost, um, both in terms of management fees and brokerage fees. So I've got something in mind that I can access that with that we'll talk about later. So that's my goal. Nice. nice. <laughs> Quite okay. specific. So I guess 
first question is, A, does your portfolio currently uh, reflect your long-term goal? And B, if, <laughs> if not, what sort of, let's talk about risk, um, what sort of level of risk is your sort of portfolio at the moment based on, you know, what your goal is at the, at the end of yeah. f- when you're 40? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Realistically, it'll be further than 40. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's, so my, my portfolio at the moment, well, so, so my risk appetite is pretty high. Yeah. Um, if I lost 50% of my wealth at my age, at this point in life, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, and I'm willing to take on that level of risk to try and accelerate, you know, the compounding effects further down the line. So I have positioned my portfolio pretty aggressively. Okay. Um, and ma- what that mainly means is a lot of exposure to equity markets, both in Australia, but more and more overseas. Okay. And so when you say exposure to equity markets, are you saying through ETFs or direct stocks? So my, well, my let's answer the asset allocation question and then okay. that will answer that as well. So my portfolio as it currently stands is rounded um, 20% in ETFs, um, market ETFs, like equity ETFs. 40% in stock picks, so individual stocks of companies that I've chosen. Um, 10% in bonds or hybrids. Okay. Uh, 5% in gold, uh, 20% in cash at the moment, and then 5% in like alternatives. Does that add up to 100? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did the maths before. Yeah. Okay, so, so you've actually got quite a diversified portfolio. Yeah, so... 60% is exposed to equity markets. Yep. Um, and that's because I, I want to see a lot of growth. Okay. The 20% in cash, um, if, if you know, we weren't 10, 11 years into the cycle, some of that would also be in ETFs as well. Okay. Yeah. So talk me through your gold acquisition. Why? Gold has traditionally been a counter-cyclical asset. And what that means is that when markets go down... Um, investors worry and take their market, take take their money out of the market and put it into gold as a safe haven. So I've just got a little bit of gold in my portfolio in case things go south, mm-hmm. like you keep saying they will. <laughs> um, I would then sell the gold. Uh, ideally, the correlation holds and gold goes up. Yep. Sell it at its at a higher price and then put that into the market into equities when they're super cheap because the market's just crashed. Cool. In theory, that's what's meant to happen. And how have you done that? Uh, through a gold ETF. Okay. So yeah. you haven't gone out and bought a gold bull. No, no, no. Stored no. it in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might get a gold watch or something. <laughs> so are you happy with your portfolio construction at the moment? Do you think it is putting you on the right path? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> um, my The 5% that I've got sort of for like alternatives was in uh, the crypto craze, dabbling in that, which I wasn't happy with. But aside from that, I'm pretty happy. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 40% in stocks that I've picked is maybe a little bit high because, you know, I'm not a stock picker. No, but... I'm not. You've got to learn that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's all a learning experience. Um mm. So yeah, pretty happy. Can't complain. Nice. And how do you um, allocate cash into the portfolio? Do you have a recurring investment into anything at the moment? Or do you just have a lump sum that when it hits a certain amount, you'll buy an asset class that you're interested in? Or how does that work for you? So I put money from my paycheck into my trading account every month. Yeah. And then it will sit in cash. Um, and then when something takes my fancy, I'll... Pull the trigger. No, no predefined rules around X amount of cash. Then put it in Y or anything like that. So when you say your cash position was, I don't know what it was, twenty percent or something. Is yeah. that 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 twenty percent is actually just sitting in your trading account, waiting to be deployed, or you've got an investing? So uh, you've got a savings account as well. So or? that so that cash is some of it's in um a in my investing account, but most of it's in like a rainy day fund. That yeah, I right. Have. Yeah, which uh, which is like a. You put a certain amount of money in it every month, then it gets a bonus interest rate. Right. Yeah. Okay. And do you have anything defensive in there that can make you money if something turns sour? Well, so the gold. Yes, other uh, than gold. And then hopefully the bonds don't fall too much. Yeah. So that should be pretty smooth sailing. Should be. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and then obviously cash is... Cash is king if things go sour. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we've identified that you're re- relatively high... Uh, risk appetite not a risk taker as such but like uh, your appetite for risk is is there and your portfolio is constructed to somewhat reflect that talking about your long-term goal though which was to be generating income at a certain age that will allow you to de-stress about having to earn income in a job that you probably don't want to be doing uh, is anything in your portfolio at the moment generating income so Australian stocks generally do from dividends yeah um, and then the uh, bonds or the hybrids that I have will pay me quarterly. Uh-huh. But my thinking more along those lines is if I got to a point, if I was lucky enough to uh, earn enough money that I could relax and you know take a lower paying job or whatever and earn some income, I would shift the equities part of my portfolio more towards bonds and stuff like that, which are more... More defensive, yep. but pay more regular income as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like my dad. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, they're very heavy in bonds. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. he would be close to retirement. So that's yeah. that makes sense to do that. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be however old your dad is. <laughs> no comment. To, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be 40 like your dad. <laughs> that's to retire and um, have the next JFC happen. Yeah. Because you, you don't have the time horizon to get it back. Yeah. You're just stuffed. You're stuffed. Such a... That would be such an anxious and fearful t- 
time to be investing, I think. Yeah, and that's what heaps of people had during the JFC. Yeah, they just, just screwed. Yeah. Screwed. And, you know, then, then the double whammy, if you're an American and all of your wealth was tied up in your property, your house, yeah. and then also your uh, 401k, like yeah. retirement account, like your super equivalent. Done. All of a sudden, the house housing market collapsed and equity markets collapsed. Back to square one. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it is a pretty scary thing to think about. And that, that's mm. why when we talk about setting goals, what that gives you is a time horizon. And then that needs to inform your decisions mm. because, mm. yeah, mm. like once, once you lose it, it's, if, if you don't have enough time for markets to recover, then you're gone. You're tough. Yeah. yeah. And look, they've had 10 years to recover, which they probably have. And we're probably about to see another one happen again. So. Well, no, no, no. If, if, if you held through the JFC, you were golden within like, 18 months. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess zero. We're at record highs for everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're well you're, beyond you're JFC well. levels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that's probably a lesson outside of portfolio construction that is if if you aren't set up in cash and the market <laughs> collapses, you just have stick to write it, through. it out. Yeah, yeah, the worst through. thing you can do is sell at the bottom. Yeah. The worst thing you can do. All right, Ren. So that's your portfolio. Yeah, here we go. The main event, what all the listeners have been waiting for. The- Mine's nowhere near as interesting as you. Oh, I'll be the judge of that. So everybody knows who's been listening to the show that I think something's coming on the horizon. And I said to myself in 2009 when the GSC came that I want to be in a position to take the most benefit and opportunity when it comes. So that to me means being in cash Yes, I'm forfeiting some of the uh, rises that we're seeing at the moment, and I fully understand that. Um, I'm actually at an interesting point now where I'm starting to think, like, should I be more heavily invested in nah, something other than cash? Don't second I'm, guess yourself. No, nah, I'm sticking that's ex- strong. That's exactly what I did with crypto. I was the biggest doubter for so long and then folded, like, right at the top. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sticking, yeah, so I'm sticking strong. So I'm just looking at it now, and I am. 25% equity, 75% cash. Really? Yeah. And that's it? That's it. So no no other, um, you know, property, commodities, bonds, anything like that? No. Okay. But it makes me think though, and I would like to get your feedback on this, you know, with my defensive outlook and my pessimistic outlook, I think it's something that I should be looking at in terms of should I be in gold or silver or should I be looking at, for example, some notes or hybrids or bonds that... Uh, you know, as you, you said, have that defensive nature because I've got this lump of cash sitting here that, yeah, I'm, I want to have some of that available to take the most the opportunity when it comes. But, you know, could it be going to better use now and also setting myself up for if something were to happen that, you know, those assets are going to perform? So 75% cash, what, what should I do? Well, I don't, I don't want to be giving you advice. <laughs> I don't want to be the one responsible for that. No, I'm not going to listen to you, Ryan. <laughs> I'm just interested. It's, well, I guess the question is, so you say you've got 75% cash, but it, what, what's that doing at the moment? Is that earning any interest? Yeah, so it's sitting in a high interest account. Um, and then I've also got a recurring investment going into raise. Okay. Um, just so that I'm uh, exposed to a broad array of uh, equities. Yep. Um, and then I've got uh, direct exposure to four individual stocks. And then um, of my total equity exposure, about 20% of that is in a listed investment company. So that's a bit diversified. Um, so yeah, at the moment, I guess I'm getting my dollar cost averaging 
through raise. Um, that's just because raise is easy for me. It's not my main form of investment either. It's just a supplementary thing that I've got going on. Um, but otherwise, cash is just sitting in a high interest account. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if your cash is earning 3% per annum yep. and there's a, you know, a, a bond or a hybrid out there that will get you more than 3% per annum and it's pretty safe, then that's definitely something to consider. Uh-huh. The, the issue would be, you know, if, if you say, if you, so I, I just got in Macquarie's hybrid and, you know, it'll pay me more than 3% per annum. But if something happens to Macquarie or if something happens to the Australian banking sector more generally or the Australian market more generally, the face value of that will decline. Yeah. And so then you're, you're really stuck. You can either sell it at a capital loss or you just have to hold it and keep getting the coupon payments every quarter. And then and when Macquarie redeem it, they'll redeem it at face value. Yeah, so they are liquid then, are they? You can cash out whenever you yeah. want, but you just cop a loss. I guess because they're on the stock market, they're that's why. Trading. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some bonds you can't, you're locked in for that period of time. Yeah, yeah. So, so mo- most of the bond market, bond market's like four times as big as the equity market, yeah. and most of that is not traded on yeah, exchanges. Yeah. It's over the counter. So I guess that's something that I need to consider, liquidity. If I am to deploy some of this cash, it would want to be in something that I will then be able to sell quickly enough that if something happens and I want to access that, cash and put it elsewhere that's something to consider and so that's you know what we're saying about gold that's why gold has historically been good for that yeah because it's liquid and you can generally sell it at a higher value like you'll make money if the market turns and then you can get into something cheap Mm -hmm. but gold's been gold and silver have been getting smashed yeah it's all over the shop yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to recommend that either. <laughs> no. So gold's a possibility. The other thing I'm thinking about is an off-market Vanguard. Um, I've got one, uh, but uh, the, they're very specific. So you can either go like international shares excluding Australia or... Um, so this is ETFs I'm talking about, but off-market, not on-market. So not ETFs. Well, yeah, so not ETS, so a fund, I guess. Yeah, the, yeah. the reason I like these is because, as I was saying to you, you can BPay into them and at a minimum of $100. Okay. So you don't have to buy on-market pay brokerage and minimum of 500 bucks. So you can set up that recurring payment. Yeah. Now, are they, are they index funds or are they managed funds? Uh, they're index funds. Yeah, so yeah. they just track... Uh... Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, and then rebalance and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so that's another possibility. Um, it's quite a high minimum to buy into those, though, so that would take up a fair bit of chunk of cash. Um, so it's a minimum five grand to buy into that. Okay. Um, and again, the liquidity on that reasonably good, um, but it's not like selling stocks because you have to sell minimums at a chunk, and you. If you don't close your account, you have to keep a minimum amount in there as well, right. which which sort of makes it a bit difficult. So why would you... What's the benefit? To me, the benefit of that... And I was actually talking about... Sorry. Are you going to... Yeah. Yes. To me, the benefit of uh, going off market, and I was actually talking to one of our listeners, Pippa, today. So if you're listening, uh, we had this discussion. <laughs> we had this discussion this morning. Uh, the benefit for me really is the fact that I can continuously invest in it at a low cost uh, without paying huge brokerage for a hundred bucks or, or more B pay bang 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 week right. by week um, so that I can just keep getting in there keep getting in there rather than buying lump sums through the stock market yeah okay um, yeah, that's sense. really it yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I mean there's no bad decisions really mm. Otherwise, like I'm totally not interested at the moment in buying stocks I think I, it seems a bit contradictory to me to um, say something is going to happen and then buy stocks at these record highs. So I don't know if you would agree or not, but um, 
I know you. I know. I know. It's a, could be a really silly decision because, you know, historically the stock market's always going to go up. Well, not always, but it generally does. So buying now, yeah, I might take a hit, but over the long run, probably going to be higher. But like, it's to me, it's sort of like, do I wait for the opportunity when they're a lot lower? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I it's a tough one because it makes sense, but if you wait three years, like. True. How long yeah. do I wait? That's yeah. kind of starting to freak me out now. It's actually, I got to stick to the for fifteenth of September though. I can't do anything. Yeah. I can't do anything before then because I predicted fifteenth of September yeah. is when we're going to see something. Yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. So, so, like, I've got to back myself in. I've got to back myself to at least the end of the year. Yeah. I think. We should we should yeah. explain that to our listeners. So, if if someone if you've joined us halfway through the year in the first episode of this year, Bryce predicted fifteenth of September twenty eighteen would be when the market corrects. Yeah. Um, which also Wayne Swan pointed out happened to be the day that Lehman Brothers collapsed. Yeah. Which I don't think you realized when you made that <laughs> no. So it would be very fortuitous if exactly oh, 10 years to the God. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you might, but ASIC might be calling you asking True, how, did you, know? how did you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, 15th of September, guys, we'll, we'll do a special episode on that day. Yeah. Big time. Big yeah. time. So yeah, I've got to back myself, stick it into the end of the year. And yeah, there's a few things, but look, overall, I think we haven't, what I want to quickly address is my risk level, very similar to yours, Ren, obviously not at the moment. Um, I don't think my portfolio necessarily reflects that. Uh, I've got quite a sitting here in a lot of cash. I'm not wanting to take a lot of risks for that because I'm waiting for the yeah, moment. Come on, mate. What, what is this? Is this bloody cash, mate? It's all equity, mate. Yeah. Let's get it in the Watch market. my cash flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, savings, mate. <laughs> and asset allocation, like, as I said, listed investment companies um, and then stocks and cash. So, look, not as diversified as yeah, you, but yeah. definitely thinking about these things. And I, I'm not in any rush to do anything. Um, if opportunities present themselves, then I'm going to be ready to take it. So. Yeah. I think this is something that we should definitely continue talking about as episodes go on as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very interesting and great learning for our listeners. So um, in the interest of time, we should definitely wrap it up there. Is there any closing statements you would like to no, present? No, no, that's all. I think, um, yeah, I agree. I think it's good that we discuss this. Um, if any listeners want to tell us their... Yeah, <laughs> let us know. Oh. We'll, we'll feature you on the next, um, the next portfolio construction episode. Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, we haven't done the... Yeah, so let's leave it there, Ren. Um, and as always, good to chat. And now good to know that the curtains are pulled back and we know everything about our, yeah, our portfolio. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, let's leave it there. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.